In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Septuagesima Sunday, their faithful, marks an important turning point in the liturgical year. The mystery of the nativities is now over. Christmas season will end this Wednesday. It was a time of joy, and today suddenly it seems that this joy has totally vanished. The dominant color is now purple, and so it will be until Easter. The singing of the Alleluia is banished even on feast days. It is an acclamation of joy which is not suitable now. We have to wait until the night of Easter to hear the Alleluia again. At the start of this liturgical season, we have three weeks with Latin names, Septuagesima, Sexagesima, and Quinquagesima, the 70th, 60th, and 50th days approximately before Easter. The intention of these three weeks is to prepare us to undertake the journey and the labor which is part of the pilgrimage of Lent. Now we are in the vestibule of Lent and we turn our minds, our souls to consider God's work for our salvation in Jesus Christ. We contemplate his ministry, his suffering, and his sacrifice to make our souls ready for his triumph in Easter and Ascension and for the birthday of the Church on Pentecost Sunday. The epistle from St. Paul reminds us of the necessity of having a good discipline in our existence in order to attain the prize, an unperishable crown of eternal life. The Gospel lesson has been placed on this Sunday with the workers of the last hour because of the special role this Sunday had in the early days of the Catholic Church. In the early Church, Septuagesima Sunday was the day on which catechumens, that is, new converts to Christianity, were first in Church to begin their preparation for baptism on Easter. Let us just think about that early Christian community which no doubt included many who had indeed borne the burden and the heat of the day, many for whom their faith, their profession of faith, had not been easy. Perhaps some of them had even been persecuted or tortured because of the faith. They were reminded with this gospel that the reward of these newcomers, the new catechumens, must be the same as theirs. And everyone was reminded that their salvation is finally, at the end of the day, like in the gospel, at the end of the life, not something they have earned, 
for all their struggle, rather it's God's gracious gift which they can only receive with thankful humility. This beautiful page of the Gospel is a page of hope and it also gives a serious statement and the end of the epistle of St. Paul is the echo of this serious statement. The last sentence of St. Paul today is the same teaching. Many are called but few chosen. The Apocalypse of St. John, the book of Revelation, speaks about a big number of people in heaven. Do a great majority of men go to hell? Or do we consider God as a loving and tender teddy bear who forgives everyone automatically? Here we face the mystery of the divine mercy and the divine justice. Many fathers of the church and doctors of the church have the opinion that those who are saved in heaven, the elect, do not represent the biggest number. The famous Dominican theologian, Father Garrigou Lagrange, said that we cannot arrive at certitude about the number of the elect. For each one of us, the most important question is not how many will be saved, but rather shall I be saved? What I know for sure is that God gives me what I need, the grace I need to go to heaven. What would be the point of discussing endlessly about the number of the elect while we are even not working to become one of them? One day, we will know the, the number. But it would be better to count the number from heaven than from hell. May Our Lady, acting always as a vigilant and loving mother, help us to keep the grace of God and to arrive safely in heaven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.